Welcome to Crosspoint Community Church. We meet every Sunday exploring the practical, transforming, and relevant teaching of the Bible by doing life together. Visit our website at crosspointonline.org to learn more. Now, get ready for a powerful message from God's Word. Alright, this is God's Word that uh, He is bringing before us today and with it fresh on our hearts and minds. Let's go to Him in prayer. Jesus, we do come before you today. We thank you uh, on this day that we're not here by accident, that you knew that we would be uh, sitting at your feet, hearing your word, receiving your word, and responding to your word. I pray that, oh, Holy Spirit, that you would open our ears and our eyes and our hearts to experience you, to hear you speak to us so that, Lord, that we would have real faith, that we would have a dynamic, organic, growing faith, one that not only brings um, you glory, but one that establishes us as a vibrant follower of yours. Lord, we thank you for your word. And we thank you that it is living and active. May it live in and through us today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so keep your Bibles there handy because we're going to look at several other passages. But here James is, is coming to a very familiar passage, and, and, and parts of it is, has been very controversial at times. Uh, and so we want to take a, a good look at it. But he is coming in this chapter 5, and he's talking about and talking to uh, James, the half-brother of Jesus. He's talking to these followers of Jesus that have experienced a lot of trouble, a lot of oppression, a lot of injustice in their life. It, it is tough. It is a rough, rough go for them, unlike what most of us experience. Um, many, if not most of them, were not rich as we are. We've confessed the last two weeks that we are rich. We are rich. And yet they weren't in that category. They dealt with everyday needs. It was a day-to-day -day kind of experience. Uh, and they uh, were um, accustomed to injustice. They were accustomed to oppression. Uh, they were uh, accustomed to hardship in their life. And uh, he talked about how some of it comes at the hands even of other believers uh, and how we should respond in that. And so this, this falls right after that passage of talking about how we need to be patient as followers of Jesus Christ in these times of suffering to not give up. And he, and, he, and he begins by saying, you know, is any among you in trouble? Well, most of them would be able to raise their hand. Uh, are any among you suffering? And so this passage can speak to us as we go through our lives. Uh, and, and, and live our lives uh, with God's viewpoint in mind, with, with a, a godly, a biblical worldview rather than a cultural worldview. And, and it's often in these times of trouble, and all of us have, have had hardship, we've had difficulties, we've gotten news that we didn't want, there were things that happened in our families that were uh, very sad or heartbreaking, there were things that have been done to us. And, and sometimes it's in those dark times, uh, we, we, don't know, we don't know how to pray. Sometimes it's in those dark times that we don't feel like praying. Ever been there? I mean, that it is so oppressive, so dark, 
uh, so troubling that you, you just don't know how to pray. And it's here that, that James is telling us how to pray and when to pray and how absolutely powerful prayer is. Why we need to pray. We need to pray. And he gives us three instances here I want us to look at. Number one, he just says this, pray when you're in trouble. Pray when you're suffering. And again, sometimes we don't know. We, you know, that's when we don't feel like praying. That's when we don't know what to pray. And, uh, you know, some of the, the, the most powerful prayers that you can pray when you are uh, in depression, when you are uh, experiencing injustice, whenever you are overwhelmed, is simply this, dear Lord, Jesus, Jesus. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it good to know that he knows exactly what's going on? He knows the rest of that. You don't, you don't know, but he knows exactly what you and I need. And so it's just simply calling out to him, acknowledging him whenever you're suffering. And he's saying, <laughs> are you in trouble? Pray, pray. Why is he saying this? Because he's saying, do this instead of what comes naturally. So many times what we do uh, whenever there's trouble, whenever there's injustice or oppression, we start doing what? We complain. Whenever times are hard for us or difficult for us, you know, we begin to complain about, about other Christians who are not suffering, who've escaped the COVID, you know, uh, who, who've not experienced the injustice. Why are they in that, and we begin to complain. There's complaining, and then there's complaining to, to God. And we start taking it up with God. And he says, no, 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 I want you to pray. Pray instead of complain. Pray instead of blame. Um, and, and, and to know that as a Christian with real faith, with real faith, that's what you do. Uh, and, and it, a person with real growing faith knows that it's always too early to give up. We look at the watch, God looks at the calendar. We look at our watch and go, when is this going to be over? God looks at the calendar. And uh, in Luke chapter 8, Jesus, Jesus, uh, Luke chapter 18, he gives us the example of the persistent widow. Uh, and he's saying, always pray, always ask. It's always too early to give up. And I know, I know that for, for some of you, you you've been experiencing that, that, that physical uh, debilitating disease for a long time. Some of you, it may be a, a, a relational hardship. Some of you, it may be economically. Some of it may be emotional. I don't know. And, and you've been there for quite a long time. But today is a reminder that Jesus is saying, as we recall from this passage, and so many times in Scripture that Jesus says it's always too early to give up. Always pray. Pray when you're in trouble. Because he is reminding us through here this that prayer can remove the troubles. It can deliver you from them. But it doesn't always do that. And if that's the case, it is through prayer that he will give you the grace that you need in order to endure it. Remember back in James chapter 4, 4 verse 16, where he says, but he gives us more grace. Uh, excuse me, it's James chapter 4, verse 6. 
but He gives us more grace. He gives you and me the grace that, that, that we need. Uh, God can always transform uh, our troubles into triumphs. Jesus himself prayed that the, that the cup would, would, he would be delivered from the cup that he was about to experience. But his, his prayer was answered, no, but God gave him the grace to go through the most horrific crucifixion in order that he could pay the price for me and you. Pray when you're in trouble. Pray when times are hard. Pray whenever it's rough. Pray when you're suffering. The Christian with real faith prays during that time. See, any time, anybody can pray when times are good. But he's saying, real faith? Real faith? You're praying. You may not, you may not be praying elaborate prayers, but you are praying, and it may be Jesus. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Look to him. There's a second thing that we see in this, that what he's saying, he says, pray and sing when you're happy. That's what he says in the second half. He says, he, uh, is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. So here's the deal. When times are hard, pray. When we're happy, pray and sing. Matter of fact, turn those, those prayers to praise, those prayers to singing. Even in, in times of difficulty and suffering, there are seasons of joy, right? You know, they're, they're, it's like the parallel bars. Uh, with Dad, we've got the TV on a good bit, and every now and then, you know, we'll, I mean, we're watching a lot of the sports channels and stuff like that, but they were showing a lot of gymnastics. You know, they have those parallel bars. You know, and uh, those gymnasts are amazing athletes, you know, good gracious. But you've got those parallel bars, and you can have the, the bar of suffering and the bar of joy at the same time when you are a true follower of Jesus Christ living and with a growing faith, you know? Um, even in times of suffering, even in times when we've been facing this uh uncertain future, you know, this COVID pandemic, even, even in times of transition within our government, even in these times when um, there's so much political division, even in times of, uh, of all the, the, the racial division and so much crisis that is going on, there's these parallel bars. Uh, this past week, when I was down, I, I, I came up, now people, one of the things that people do, there's two things that people do, well, three things that people do down in Grady. Number one, they eat a lot and they eat good. Number two, they talk a lot. They talk a lot. And, and number three, they work hard. Okay, but I was going to the restaurant. I'm going to go pick up Daddy uh, a to-go to plate. He didn't want to get out. It was rainy or whatever the case is. And I, I met uh, one of our friends down there, a lifelong friend, Sonny Mills, uh, one of his grand youngins, Gray. Uh, Gray's about 35. He's about the age of my oldest. And uh, it was 20 minutes before I could get in the door. Uh, Gray was coming out and he was, he, he just started yakking. He, he did, he did that number two. He, you know, what they do good, they talk. And so, but, but he was talking good talk and he was sharing a little bit of his story. Gray, if you're listening to this, I didn't get permission, but I'm just throwing you under the bus. Um, so, but he was just sharing about, you know, 
how 2020, it was very difficult for a lot of people, but he says his one word description of that is joy. He said back in 2018, he realized there was something that was kind of taking hold of his life. And he, and he prayed, he, as he, he prayed in his bathroom one day, he said, Lord, just break me. And he said, oh my goodness, I don't know that I should have prayed that prayer because God began that process of showing him what had taken priority over God and his fellowship of the Lord. And all of a sudden, through this pandemic, it exposed, it even further exposed his need for Jesus and how Jesus is all that he needs. And so it was, it was a real, par, uh, uh, just a great testimony uh, of how even in difficult times, and it has been a very, very financially hard time, but he said the one word description is joy, joy. Um, we have one of our, our sweet ones. Let me just see if, if I see him on there's a Renfro's. Let me tell you, I, anybody that knows our sweet Renfro family, I'm throwing y'all under the bus too, um, you know, knows that, boy, they have faced their share of hardships and difficulties and all kind of stuff. And my goodness, my goodness. But it is without fail. Every time that I talk to sweet Julia, there's that sense of joy. That jo let, me t let me just tell you something. There are many, many reasons to be a Christian. But, but listen, even if it weren't a, a heaven and a hell, God just sabotages us so often, even in the midst of tough times, with that unspeakable, unrelenting joy. See, that's the gift of himself. That's what... He is greater than. He is greater still. And you can, you can sing even while you are... So, you know, anybody can sing while good times are good. You know, but singing while you're suffering... And he's saying, if you're happy, sing. Yeah, but, but also sing while you're suffering. Uh, we see that example of Paul and Silas there in a Philippian jail. They've been unjustly accused and imprisoned. Uh, and yet, in, at the middle of the night, they're singing praise to God. That unspeakable joy. Now, back in the times in which James was writing this, you know, they didn't have the advantages that we have. There were, no doubt, there were people at that day Maybe not as many as there are now, because see, there's some some uh, of you are not singers, you know. Uh, you you know you're like the jailhouse singer, you know, behind a few bars looking for a key, always. Uh, yeah, that was uh, all right. Hey, 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 hey. I got rusty, you know, being gone so long. What are you thinking? All right, so. Uh, you know, but you're not, but you know, we, we are so blessed with all of this uh, recorded music and these amazing worship songs and, and, and scriptural songs. You know, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. Uh, what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Why? All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. James is saying, pray. 
a sign of a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ that has that real growing faith is that he sings when he's suffering, he prays when he's suffering, and he sings when he's suffering, and he, and he sings when he's happy. Uh, this is an important spiritual discipline, sing. If you don't do this very much, I want to encourage you to, you know, just, just, just grab it. Uh, there's so many different options. Get one of these young whippersnappers to show you how to get Spotify or whatever it is, and you can upload all your favorite songs. But begin the day with songs of praise and gratitude. You transform your life. Um, so sing, sing, sing uh, when you're happy. Pray and sing when you're happy. Pray and sing even when you're suffering. And, he, and, and the word there is Keep on doing it. Not, not just every, no, no. This is, this captures your life. This is something you're always doing. All right, number three, you ready? When you're sick, he says, ask others to pray over you. Pray, 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 pray. Pray, always pray. Look what he says there. Verse 14, is anyone among you sick? You should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Well, um, if you're too proud to ask people to pray over your intimate needs, well, not only is it going to rob you, it, it should be a sign to you. It should be a sign to you of a maybe a weak or non-existent faith. It is a, a self, a, a arrogant, self-led, uh, self-sufficient faith. Or, it, or if you do have real faith, it is a sign of very weak faith. It's one that's still absorbed with self. Not only does it rob you of the grace of God and the healing of God, but it weakens the church of Jesus Christ. It makes us weaker. Um, now, in this, in these two, a couple of verses, you know, again, there's been many different opinions. I think, it, I think this passage has been abused. Um, you know, some people have tried to use it as a blanket formula. This is a formula. You know, if you're sick, you call these folks, and then they do this, and you're going to be well. Uh, well, we know uh, from many other uh, encounters in the Bible that that's not, that's not true. Uh, we know from personal experience that that's not true. There's been people that have asked you to pray for them, and you've prayed in faith that the Lord's will be done, and uh, some of them were healed, and some of them were not. So it is not this blanket formula. It's not you know, this supersized deal that you can just lay over. No, because that, that means you're starting to trust in a formula and not in the God of his word. So, uh, so you know, some, some uh, have interpreted this, that, you know, these people were, you know, simply sick because of their sin. Uh, and, you know, that does happen. You know, uh, in Scripture, it tells us that there are times that because of our, our sin that we are sick. Paul says that in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 30. He says, some, some in your fellowship are sick. Some of them even died. 
uh, because of their because of their sin and their rebellion. Uh, <clears throat> Psalm thirty one verse nine and ten. If you want to write that down, the psalmist is saying, "I'm weary, I'm weak, and and I, I'm just uh, I'm wasting away." Why? Because of my guilt because of not my iniquity. So there are things that we can practically do that cause us to be sick. You know, there are natural laws in here. You know, there's something that I can do. If I run out there in the middle of the road and get hit by a car, you know, it's like, you know, God's just made some, you know, my body in a way that I'm not going to withstand that. And there, there are things that we can do in rebellion to God that's going to cause us to be sick. But I don't think he's totally talking just about that. I think that in this particular passage that he is saying, remember, he's talking about uh, these folks that have been experiencing this oppression, these rough times, these tough times, the injustice, the hardship of life. And I think he is talking about Christians who have become weak and weary of all of this. And instead, instead of turning to God, they, they've taken the natural approach. They began grumbling. They began praying. They began turning their back on God. <clears throat> they gave up too early. <clears throat> Sometimes, you know, uh, it's as we've often heard, instead of becoming better, we become bitter. God says... He will use every hardship. God never wastes a hurt. He will use this, no matter how difficult, because he'll give you the grace to help us to become better, not bitter. These believers, I think, that he's talking to here, he's saying, some of you have become bitter and not better. And so this sickness not only can be a physical sickness, but I think he's even talking about those that are poor in spirit, sick in spirit, uh, soul sick. You ever, you ever use that expression? Just sick in my soul. And, and, and the, the, the deal is, is that they, they had um, gone a period of time and they weren't experiencing the grace and the goodness of God in the midst of their suffering. That parallel bar wasn't there anymore. They, they were hyper-focused on, on, on the suffering. So let me just ask you this. As we've gone through a difficult year, last 12 months, you know, have you become bitter or have you become better? Is your testimony one like Gray that's going, this has been tough. I've lost money. I've lost this and that and that. But the word is joy, joy. So that's the amazing thing of the God that we serve. So if you're weary, what do you do? If, you, if you've got a track record of going, ah, just, I just can't seem to get out of this rut, what do you do? That's what he's saying right here in this passage. He says, if you're sick, call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. He, if he has sinned, he will be forgiven. I think that's one of the reasons we can say that this is what this passage is talking about. He's talking about <clears throat> this, this sin of just really kind of responding out of the flesh rather than responding in the power and the leadership of the Holy Spirit and according to God's Word, just doing what God says. Pray when you're suffering. Sing and pray when, when you're happy. 
And then whenever you're sick and whenever your heart gets a little bit hard and, and you don't, don't want to keep on keeping on, then what do you do? You humble yourself before the Lord and you call the elders to come pray over you. Now, we don't see this as much as we used to see. Uh, and, and by the elders, he's not talking about the title. He's not talking about those elected officials, you know, within the church. He's, he's really speaking <clears throat> of those who have that real faith, that mature faith, that, that thriving faith in the Lord that truly believes who God says he is and that he can do what he says he'll do. And he's saying, call them to come and pray over you. Pray over you. That's a demonstration of faith in God. Uh, that's a sign of humility to say, listen, I, I need you to come pray over me because I've, I've got a six month, I've got a six month track record of just blah. I've got a six month. I just haven't wanted to seek God. I haven't wanted to get in his word. I, I've just been overwhelmed by all that's been going on and and I'm just sick. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, what we talked about last week. So what do you do? He says, you call those that are maturing in the faith, that are trusting the Lord and have them come pray over you. Not just submit a prayer request, but to come pray over you. Now, this passage right here is another practical example of why it, it, and it can only be done if you are a member of a local body of Christ. We live in the individualistic American society where it goes, you know, I'm getting a little bit of God here, a little bit of God there. We're, you know, regular attenders. We even use that term, you know. We no, but he, he's saying there's no way to experience this without becoming a member of the body of Christ. He says, call the elders of the church, your church, to pray over you and anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. We have people that walk through the doors of this building many times a week in need, with basic needs. And nine, more than nine times out of ten, as I'm sitting down and talking with them, and, you know, they've got, they, they just need food. You know, they need shelter. They need all kinds of stuff. I said, are you a member of a local church? No, no, no. You know, I, I can't, I can't, you know, I don't like this. Not. And we, for some reason, that doesn't register with us. It doesn't register with us. Because, see, I think that's where pride and trusting my way and my thoughts as far as how I can provide for my needs. And I will say that many times churches have fallen way short in fulfilling what God has called us to do and be as the body of Christ. 
And, and, and that's the, one of the reasons why we continue to, to encourage us as a body of Christ to reach out to the underserved people and to invite them and to, to be a safe place for them to be a part of the body of Christ here. Because I tell them, I say, listen, listen, I will exhort you to find a church. I will pray for you to find a church because let me tell you, if you were a member of this body, you know, you're not, you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't, we're, we're going to lavish practical love on you. It's just one example of how we can have cultural Christianity and miss out on what true biblical Christianity is. It's that Arrogant, self-led, self-determined faith. And that's not real faith. <clears throat> so why is he saying pray, 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 pray? Pray, 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 pray. And he gives us an example. Look in verse 17. He says, Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly it would rain and it did not rain. That, that he prayed honestly that it would not rain and it did not rain in the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. Now, the hearers there, I mean, Elijah was a hero. I mean, they knew Elijah. This, and, you know, they knew the story of Elijah and Ahab and the, the squabble that was going on there. And, and, uh, and, uh, you know, how Elijah was able to call down fire from heaven and all this. But he's saying, you know, here's Elijah. He's a man just like us. Stop, stop putting him on a pedestal. He's just like you. He's just like me. He prayed in faith. And God responded in a way that brought him glory. He's saying, it's always too early to give up. Pray. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. It's always too early to give up. Look to God, understanding that He is still sovereign. Jesus is still King. And pray so that the glory of God may be revealed. So that you would be a testimony of his good and great grace, even in the midst of difficult times, even in the midst of rough times. And the way we get in on this, the way we get in on this and experience the, the love of God lavished on us, the grace of God that enables us to continue to have a perspective that, that brings God glory and that, that doesn't confuse people out there that is truly a light in the darkness, that is salt uh, uh, in our society, is, is, when, is when we completely trust Jesus and we follow him faithfully. And the first step of that is when, when we acknowledge our sinfulness, when we acknowledge that we need a Savior, and when we humble ourselves before Him and, and we accept Jesus Christ into our life, 
and we say, I choose you, and I deny myself, and I choose to follow you. It's by first becoming a believer, placing all of your faith, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not to your own understanding. Step one is by coming to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And, and I want to encourage you that uh, if, if that's something you think you need to do, please, please, uh, if you're in person, you can come see me after the service. But if you're on Zoom or on Facebook, to go to our website uh, and, and go and fill out that form and let us know. Because guess what? We are better together. God never intended you to, to make your faith journey alone. Never. So it just, it's by going, I don't see the, I don't see how this is really going to happen. Well, don't live by sight, live by faith. Trust what God has, trust what he says. He says we are better together. We need a body, we need a family. And so that's the first step is by coming into the family of God. And all you need to do is, by, is simply just acknowledge that and say, Jesus, I've been living my life. I've kind of been half-baked on this Christianity thing. I've, I, I think I've been more influenced by churchanity and cultural Christianity than I have been by you, Jesus, my living Lord. I place my faith in you. I turn from my sin. I, I, I confess I need you. Some prayer just like that. Please, please let us know and let's get together. Let's do life together on this. We're better together. Secondly, is if you're if you're a believer and it's been you just kind of wishy-washy and you're up and down and, and you know you've been more complaining and blaming and accusing and grumbling and all that kind of stuff rather than living in the joy of Jesus. You're, you're kind of soul sick and you didn't even know it. You're asymptomatic. But God's revealed to you there's no real joy. The only joy, you've, you, you don't have joy in the Lord. You have own joy out there with what this world can offer. That's what you're looking forward to. You don't look forward to your times with Jesus. He's saying, you know what you, you need to do? Just admit it. He says, confess your sins to each other, pray for each other so that you may be healed. The, the most practical place for that to happen is in the context of a group of people that you do life with, a group of people you seek God together with, you study his word together with. And in those groups, there are those elders, those mature followers of Jesus Christ that will be happy to come and pray over you. But you gotta, you gotta confess. You gotta just humble yourself and just own up. Say, I've just been following the ways of the world. I've been following my feelings. And, and, I'm not, and my life hasn't been exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit. It's been showing up just a lot of world, a lot of flesh. Would you, would you come and pray over me? They'll do it. They'll do it. I exhort you to do that. In that passage, it says, 
the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Righteous doesn't mean self-righteous. It means rightly related to God. Now, Elijah, he gives an example of that by Elijah. Now, Elijah wasn't a perfect man, was he? Man, I, after that great feat and, you know, God using him for his glory, he, he took off. He was scared to death. He was afraid. God had to nurture him back. It doesn't mean that we're perfect. It's not self-righteous. There's no, there's no way we can take pride in that uh, if we are praying for others. But, but we take that practical step and do life as God leads us to do it, and then he will lavish his provision on us. And we will experience that provision in a way that will sustain us and support us no matter how rough times get. Pray, 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 pray and sing. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity for us to just, to just sit at your feet. Thank you for reminding us that we live in a world that's just, well, it's sin sick. And there's a lot of sickness and there's a lot of suffering. There's injustice and there's oppression. There's all of this. But yet we've been made more than conquerors through the blood and the power of your son, Jesus Christ. Your grace is sufficient for us. And that, Lord, for your sake, like Paul, we can delight in our weaknesses and in insults and in hardships and persecutions and in difficulties because when we're weak, then we're strong in you. Father, I pray that you would strengthen and make well and healthy your church. All for your glory, honor and praise. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CCC Roswell. Learn more and find ways to get plugged in at Crosspoint by visiting our website, crosspointonline.org. There, you could drop us a line or submit a prayer request. Like what you hear? Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next week.